You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica, episode 20. I'm Jessica Pearson, body image and weight loss coach. And I'm Beth Barnett Babel, integrative health dietitian. So a hallmark of diet thinking is deciding on this food versus that food, thinking that I have to swap out the bad food for something that is not as bad that may help me trick my brain that I'm having something more delicious than it really is or that I want. Or in more restrictive diets, it is this bad thing that gets swapped out for the total 180 total healthy thinking which I know that you've all done this before or know somebody that has, which is going from a bag of chips or a candy bar to celery and carrots at (laughs) snack time. It's like my, the ultimate diet swap. Beth hates, she's like, do not tell me to have celery and peanut butter. It'll kill you. (laughs) This typically works as long as your ability to willpower or white knuckle your way through it. Then eventually you can't hold down the urge any longer and you eat the food you've been avoiding and craving anyway. And then this may come with a spiral of thoughts that include, why'd I do that? I shouldn't have done that. See, I can't stick with diets. They're too hard. I will never get this right. I will be fat and miserable forever. And it is this combination that is so toxic to our well-being. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. The restriction we put on foods only leads to more desire for these foods. And it becomes more likely that we will rebel like a 16-year-old who has been told no. (laughs) The have this, not that can vary, you know, a spectrum of choosing a smaller sized versus larger sized hamburger, or as mentioned a second ago about swapping out the forbidden food with something deemed as more healthy, but usually with little taste. And I'm just going to cough, cough. I'm looking at you, cauliflower, (laughs) everything. (laughs) I don't want cauliflower rice. I don't either. If I want cauliflower, I'm just going to make some cauliflower. Right. Yeah. We're like ruining cauliflower. It was great just the way it was. So we like to think of foods as And I want to have this and I can have that. So for example, pizza, we don't have to swap pizza for salad. How about pizza and salad? This and is open and has no outright restriction or thinking I'm on a diet. So I have to eat diet food. I'm trying to be good. And I just want to go back to that example of size because I think sometimes we're like, oh yeah, I'll just have the smaller burger. But for me, the reason why that is like a restriction is because you're not paying attention to your overall hunger. Like sometimes you might want the bigger burger and sometimes you might want the smaller burger, but when we're looking at it as a restriction, it's not going to feel the same or be as satisfying. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The and is not a new way to trick your brain into thinking that you're on a diet. It truly is encompassing it because if we think of it of pizza and salad or whatever, sometimes we'll think, well, I'm having the bad food. It's okay to have the bad food as long as I have the good food. And that's not (laughs) at all what we're saying. So what we're saying is that you have to take the charge out of foods as good or bad. And of course, there are foods that really serve us no purpose from a metabolic standpoint, other than that they taste good or have a special place in a celebration. So they invoke good memories or just are part of 
a celebration or event, but when we can really step back and look at food from an emotionally neutral perspective, emotionally neutral, then we can start to move away from this or that thinking. When you take the charge out of a favorite snack or a treat that you have previously or currently think of as bad or unhealthy, the urgency behind that food begins to melt away. It may be that once this charge has dissipated, you might crave that food less and eat it less, but that's not really what the point is behind being emotionally neutral behind food. It just means that food no longer has the power over you. You are the one in control and get to decide based on your needs and hunger and what's going on in your life of how, where food may or may not fit in. Yeah. So uh, we'd like to share some practical examples from our own lives. Beth, I know you just went on vacation Mm -hmm. and this comes up a lot, right? People are like, I'm so good. You know, I try to restrict and be really healthy, but on vacation, it's impossible. I'm just going to, you know, go hog wild. So instead of being all or nothing on vacation, give us some ideas of what that looks like for you, especially when you don't have any control over what's being served. Yeah. So I went to one of those all inclusive places and you really have no option other than what's on the buffet or in the restaurants. And so I just kind of think about, well, how do I feel? What kind of hunger am I having? So some mornings on the buffet, you know, I always think, well, what's going to keep me full the longest and how hungry am I now? So I try to stick as close to possible as what I would make at home. So the line for getting the two eggs at the omelet station, you know, over medium was like forever long. And I was like, okay, scrambled eggs. So they had greens, sauteed greens every day. It was amazing. So then I got to have that because that's something similar to what I would do at home. And then just, you know, would vary it up and try the different fruits and things like that, even though I'm not a big fruit person. So I just like went out and explored the food that was there. And then every morning I had their banana bread because it was just <laughs> local bananas. I'm sure I I'm sure to have that every morning, but I really just because of the restaurants that occur throughout the, you know, for the lunch, there is not a lot of options on these types of places. It was pretty restricted. So just really went with like, what is my hunger? Because it could be really easy to overdo it. And just like ate for my hunger. And then if I needed to leave food on the table, I did. And if I was hungry to eat it all, then yeah, that was pretty much it. It's like, and then whenever possible, still looking for a vegetable just to help with vacation gut stuff. Yeah. Well, from what you've shared, there's two takeaways, which is I love it when you're in some other place and you're able to focus on what's local as far as whatever that cuisine mm-hmm. is. So like you said, having greens and beans or even banana bread, I, I feel like, you know, instead of trying to have like, I don't know, certain things, it's just nice to enjoy the local stuff. Yeah. Not being super restrictive on this is what I do at home. And so I'm going to try to mimic that as much as possible. Yeah. Like components you're thinking protein and veggies. Yeah. I did do that, but more along the lines of, well, I know that eggs in the morning keep me full. Even if you are presented with a ton of food in front of you, it's okay. If you're listening to your hunger levels it's going to be fine, right? Like because it's in front of us. And if you do, that's okay too. But 
listening to your hunger, I think is just a, a great takeaway across the board when we're not necessarily in control of what we get to eat. Yeah, totally. I feel like at all inclusives, it can be easy to be like, well, I've already paid all this stuff extra to let me get my money's worth in the food and the alcohol. But I found that to be actually not very helpful because of that mindset that is typically there. Some of the things that I was looking forward to were actually not very good. It was pretty low quality stuff. And so I was just like, and then there wasn't a lot of variety. And so I got bored real quick. <laughs> so, and just kind of noticing how it made me feel. So yeah, it just kind of made it easy. And I just thought about it as like just less of a hassle of not having to, you know, charge it to the room or carry around my wallet or do anything about that. And that was really a lot about the activities. There were a lot of activities that were included. Just kind of thinking along the mindset of just make it easy to do everything here. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're not just there for the buffet. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Like what about talking about you and restaurants? Like what do you do when you go out to eat or when you want to do takeout? That's a great question. I mean, so this is, this is a good example. We just, I went out to dinner two nights ago with my high school girlfriends for our belated Christmas gathering at the end of January. And there were so many amazing things on the menu. And I, I was like, I'll pick anything. I don't know. But I I very rarely get out of the house. So I was just excited to be out. Where'd you go? Hopfields. Yeah. It's like north of campus off Guadalupe. It's very nice. French food. Delicious. There were so many things. I was like, yes, I would like the cheese tray and the steak and the salad and the French onion soup. I was like, I want all the things. So usually at a restaurant, I just like balance, you know, and luckily they, they did have some really good veggies there. So, I mean, this kind of sounds boring. I got a salad, but it was a really beautiful salad that had like artichokes and asparagus and it had truffles and a poached egg. It was really good. So there was some celery in there. It was really good. And then I am a sucker for French onion soup. I was told they did it really well and it was delicious. So I got that. But anyway, I digress. I just am usually looking for a balance. I usually try to get what I want. And if I can, you know, do I, if it's not for example, like if I really want cheese enchiladas, right? I'm like, this is delicious. I don't order that every time I go to Mexican because we eat a lot of Mexican food living in Texas. So it's not the thing that I order every time I go. But when I want that, I get it. And sometimes I might add a vegetable on the side or make sure that I get some guac or something of some value. And sometimes I don't. So I just try to mix it up as much as I can. I think the key is to find variety whenever you can. Totally. That makes sense. I mean, that's, I feel like that's what you do. You're not like the type of person that's ordering the same thing every time you go back to the same restaurant. I feel only at Elizabeth street cafe. <laughs> <laughs> I literally order if it's breakfast, the same thing every time. And this time though, I said, okay, I promise next time I will have this other thing that I like, but it's so hard because I like this one thing. Yeah. And it's hard when all of it's good to, to make those choices, but yeah. Yeah. I think just picking variety and moving things around, even with different types. So, you know, like let's say Mexican cuisine, right? If you're going to a Mexican restaurant, it's like, I'm not always ordering enchiladas or always getting fajitas. Like I just like to mix it up. And I feel like over time that just kind of like allows more right. 
ability for things to work themselves in such as vegetables. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always like get out of your rut unless you have like food intolerances and you know what is safe for you to eat at a restaurant. That's like my caveat there. Yeah. Is if you don't have food intolerances, look at the menu, like go beyond what you're used to in a particular cuisine as a whole, or that restaurant that you go to a lot, because it is easy to pick the same things over and over again. And so if we can just create variety, cause we know we can almost always get something again, like we don't need to limit ourselves. Yeah. I think there's a lot of fear for some people as far as trying new entrees or dishes. Like what if I order the wrong thing or what if I don't like it? Right. It's hard for me to answer because it very rarely happens to me because <laughs> I like most things, but it has happened and it's not the end of the world. You're just like, well, I guess, yeah. you know, you can always order something else or you can always swap or share, you know? Yeah. And the thing, and so when we think about beyond restaurants, this comes up a lot about lunch. Cause this is what I always do. Cause they either provide lunch in like a workplace cafe or they're, if they're on site going to the vending machines or bringing their lunches or doing a combo of it, you know, they have like meals that often is like kind of robotic for the working time. And so it's, I get that a lot about, well, what should I take? What should I replace my snacks with? And I'm like, well, are you hungry at snack time? Or are you just bored and you've been sitting at your desk all day? And so when people really think about it, it is really more that it's an excuse to get up from their desk as a reliever and their brain has probably been working hard. So their brain is probably tired, which then feels like they need to pick me up. But if we could also just really think about and identify, well, where, where's the desire truly coming from? Is it that I've, it's 3 PM and I've literally been staring at this computer minus my quick lunch break or been on the phone since 8 AM is now 3 PM. So, and I've not really got up much from this position. So just one start to think about that. And then, you know, sure you could make some swaps here and there, but always check in with your hunger first and what is the true urge and where is the urge coming from? I do have a question for both of us, actually, that I was thinking of as you, (laughs) I was listening (laughs) because when we say like, Oh, we just order what we want, but we happen to be people that also like vegetables and we, we truly want to incorporate vegetables. How did we become those people? Because there's a lot of people that are like, well, if I ordered what I wanted, I would still never eat vegetables, right? Oh, how did I become this way? Because I know, I mean, I didn't grow up void of vegetables and I wouldn't say it was a picky eater, but it wasn't vegetables in the quantity that I eat now are not the same as I did then. I think it just ultimately over time as I just slowly started increasing more and more, to where then once I realized how I felt now versus how I felt then that that's where it kind of was. And so for me, it was not, you know, since childhood or some magical moment that's like, now I eat (laughs) this many vegetables. It really became a slow, gradual process that I started to notice how I felt mentally and physically is where the shift was for me. And that if I 
veer from that, then I can start to feel myself going back slow and sluggish and sad, sad place. And my, and I mean that for my mental, physical and GI health, keeping, kind of keep things moving. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we got to always keep it moving. Maybe I'll come back to answering that question too, but you, you brought it up, which you're like, well, there are times where I'm not paying as close attention or I'm not making as much effort or have the desire to eat as many vegetables and sluggish yeah. mentally from top to toe. Right. So when people find themselves there, you're not falling off. No, you didn't fail. It's not the end. You're not on or off a diet. It's just like, Oh, huh. That's interesting. I realized I haven't had that many vegetables the last few days. Now I want them. And then it kind of, you know, right. We just move forward. Yeah. And then, you know, when you know you're going to be busy, I think it's so easy to not have the And because if you're not eating out, it can take more effort. Right. So like me washing a vegetable or doing whatever, it can take a little bit more effort to have them at the ready particularly at lunchtime when there is very little in between clan calls, you know, it is really easy to just like look in the fridge and be like, Oh, what's the thing that I can either eat cold. Yeah. Yeah. Or I can just quickly heat up, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't involve washing and prepping a vegetable. So if you can get into the rhythm of buying either pre-washed things or batch cooking certain like hearty vegetables, then, you know, it doesn't take much effort to reheat them. And that's, I think where I'll oftentimes I will get stuck in the end of not including the thing that I'm really craving at noon in the end is because I'm busy and I didn't, and I didn't take the effort to pre chop stuff to my, my past self was not looking out for my future self <laughs> in the calendar. You knew it was going to be a busy week, but it was like, ah, oh, it'll be fine. Which I did just see a post this morning and somebody had written, you know, self-care is really just taking care of your future self. It's not yeah. necessarily about taking care of your current self. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I think it's also the, like the little efforts of adding vegetables into some of these cooked things. So let's just talk about a few examples of like, how do we just shove vegetables into the things that we, that taste good? Cause I think people think, Oh, if I'm going to add more vegetables then that means I'm basically going to be eating, eating more salads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're basically equate eat more vegetables means eat a big A salad every day. Which- can be fine. It's fine. And it is helpful. I think, you know, you can get like your six cups of veggies a day in a giant salad. And that's great because then I don't have to think too hard, you know, about the rest of my day, but salads can definitely wear on you and get boring. And especially in the winter, I don't necessarily want a huge bowl of cold veggies. So I know that you, one of the things that I love that you do with your family is like tostada night. Yeah. Your fancy nacho night. So tell us about that. Yeah. Fancy nacho night, which I was like, Oh, I think there's Friday is going to be cold and yucky. So I think we're going to do fancy nacho night. We do ground beef like usual. And then I shred in at least one, depending on the size, a whole zucchini and some shredded carrots, which they may shred the carrot if you don't want to, but I shred carrot and zucchini and then, and sometimes mushrooms Mm -hmm. cut them up really small, cook those. And then I add the ground beef and then that cooks all into it. And then we have the raw veggies. So I've already got a lot and it's so it, since it cooks down, 
you know, it, it's not super noticeable for picky eaters. Yeah, I just did the shredded zucchini and some Italian sausage for like a pasta night. And actually, it was funny because Josh's sister was like, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, she's yeah. like, I would have never thought of that. But yeah, the shredded zucchini yeah. in a ground, it does cook down. To me, zucchini, when it's shredded, doesn't have that much flavor. So you're just, you know, you're just infusing mm-hmm. it with a little bit more oomph than it would be if it were just plain without the veggies. Yeah. And the other thing, we put a lot of, um, we do a lot of chopped greens and eggs. Oh, doing spinach, you know, cutting up spinach really small, slightly wilting it, and then scrambling eggs. Personally, we'll just put greens into a, a bowl and put the like the warm rice and eggs on yeah. top, and that's how, or a tortilla depending on the the day. I just had leftover sag paneer for best. Oh, yum! So just sag paneer with a little rice, put an egg on it. Mm. it's amazing it's all lush yeah so yeah so just finding these small ways so i'm not eating like you know a a whole salad for breakfast but you know i put the lettuce or sometimes i have cabbage um shredded cabbage and into my breakfast taco that i make at home let's go back to fancy nachos because you do buy queso I do. Right. So I just want the people to like hear this because the and it doesn't have to be, you know, we're like adding veggies to the things that we already love, such as nachos, you know? Oh yeah. 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 So we do the chips. Um, I, you know, depending I buy a variety of tortilla chips. Sometimes I buy Benitos cause I really like those actually like them. And sometimes I have corn ones, just whatever floats my boat and then refried beans and so we just kind of make deconstructed, actually it's deconstructed fancy nachos. And so I will buy queso depending on my daughter's eczema at the time. Then sometimes I will get the non-dairy, um, what is that? Cashew, yeah. cashew based mm-hmm. queso. And so, yeah, I just kind of go find the, find the cleanest queso that's at the store and then yeah, yeah nice things to go with it. The beauty of that is it's also self-assembly. So for the older people get to make what they want, which is great. Yeah. Cause ultimately I get my first round, you know, it has all the stuff. And then seconds is basically like mostly the leftover vegetables with, and then it's basically like a taco salad. Yeah. Yeah. As my seconds. <laughs> I'm like getting hungry just thinking about this. So there's there's this influencer, I'm not gonna say her name, um, on Instagram and she's on TikTok and you know all the places, but I've been following her recipes. I mean, she doesn't even post recipes, which I think that's partially why I love her, but also people get really upset with her, like, post the recipes. Um but what I'm noticing about her and why I think I like her is because she does include a lot of vegetables in her recipes. And so what I had just bought stuff that she made was like a, it was like a scallion pancake where she puts cabbage mm-hmm. in it. And then like, you can put a fried egg on top. You could add protein on top, however you want to do it. Um, this, a lot of people would be like, oh, but she's putting flour. You know, it's like a pancake batter and we're using flour, but it's like, okay, it's not the end of the world because there's also a ton. It's mostly cabbage. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and then you can add the protein as you want. So I'm just always looking for things that are like veggie based, but it's okay if there is, you know, I think she puts like spicy mayo and eel sauce on it or something. So it's like, it can have these other things on it that are delicious, but we're just really trying to include vegetables whenever possible. 
Yeah. Um, and I definitely very rarely, and I'm never going to be the person that's like, Oh, let me find the healthy version of making this treat. Yeah. Never. The only thing I have to do is convert traditional cakes and things like that from gluten to gluten free. And that's pretty much like the extent that I have to do for, for my family and willing to do. And then every once in a while, like when we make ice cream and the ice cream maker, I'll be like, really? Just like, does it need three fourths a cup of sugar? Like that feels like a lot. Let me see what it would be like to have, you know, a half cup. Mm -hmm. So I'm just reducing it slightly and just like notice the taste. Did it taste horrible? And we know, no, it needs all of that, but oftentimes it doesn't. And so I am in some ways looking for certain ways to reduce certain things, but I'm never going to go try to like this superb way of making like a Twix thing at home or whatever, you know, you've seen those recipes and I'm just not going to do that. And if you want that, just go buy the thing and eat it. You're not going to find yeah keto desserts <laughs> at Beth's house or. Yeah. So I just, it's just as like, you know, if something looks good, then fine, but I'm not going to go be like, well, I want whatchamacallit, but I feel like that's bad. So let me have some like chocolate covered almond instead. Like to me, those things don't really, you know, it, yes, it is a swap and one is slightly technically better than the other. If we think about it from a nutritional standpoint, but that's just putting that restriction on a, this or that and a good food and a bad food when probably what it's doing to my blood sugar is probably pretty close to the same. So at that point, what does it matter? So if I could just be like, no, I want chocolate covered almonds because I like them, not because I'm trying to resist eating a whatchamacallit. A whatchamacallit is a candy bar. It is not very popular like the Snickers, but it is delicious. If you ever see one, get one, try it. That's funny. I'm not, I'm not really a whatchamacallit fan. It has crispy rice in it, right? Nope. No. Oh, then I don't know what it is. It does have some crunch to it, yes, but it does not have crispy rice in it. Okay. So then my question is, as a mom, how do you manage that with your kids when they're like, mom, I would like a candy bar. What do you do? Well, I look at what, what have they had that day and how hungry are they? Because if they're hungry and they're going for sugar, I'm, I'm not in for that, that ride that's going to follow. And so I'm like, well, we can get this, but you have to eat real food first. Yes. And then, so my daughter loved the endless juice at the vacation. Like she lived it up for the, <laughs> for the juice at the, the all-inclusive. It was like, she was going to figure out how much juice she could get in, in one day. And I'd be like, well, all right, but then like, let's have something different at dinner or how much real food have you had today? So I just like had her check in with like, have you balanced out how this, all the sugar in this versus that. So I just would have her check in with like, okay, how much have we mm -hmm. had and how much real food have you had to like, can we add some stuff here? Which is how I manage myself. That's the general check-in. Like if I'm like, Ooh, you know, it sounds good. A cookie, but I'm like, Oh, it's 10 AM and I haven't had anything to eat yet. I'd have it later. Right. I'm going right. to be like, I need to eat some real food first and then we'll see how I feel. So I don't think that's being restrictive. That's just being an adult. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. 
So there are some nuances to it, but the, the main thing is just the more that we can stop demonizing whole food groups, you know, looking at things as good or bad, mm-hmm. this or that, you will eventually, you know, yeah. find some more balance. That's it. Each week, we keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture or that perpetuate diet culture in some way. These are often the subtle ways it creeps in, which is why we're shining a light on it and sharing it with you. Okay, it's time for me to open it. I'm seeing this for the first time. What is it? What am I looking at here? We'll start with, maybe it went backwards. So the first one's just the photo for the ad, which you'll see three women... Um, and it says, take the first step. And it says the first women's only 12 week weight loss coaching program, which I was like, well, that's a bold face lie, but okay. Surely there are other women's groups for weight loss in a 12 week program. Oh, you get to achieve your dream body at any age. So you can lose weight and increase your longevity. Hmm. Yes, this ad is clearly targeted to a certain age group that is not my age group. Yeah, it's targeting the menopausal age group that is still perpetually dieting. Correct. Mm -hmm. So I filled out this quiz and it told me what I could realistically lose based off my um, input. Well, if you look at this graph that shows health, my age is just right in the middle and then it's like with our system i i go up <laughs> it's like with our system your uh health trajectory greatly increases your natural trajectory is down in the dumps so it's just like oh this looks mm-hmm. this looks similar to the one that i had talked about last time which was uh-huh in 12 weeks, you would significant, you would get from there to way down here, which seems like more than you you could actually lose safely. Right. Or like should, which we know that's true. But if you see at the bottom, it says, uh-huh. did you know that on average it takes 12 weeks for women at any age to achieve an ideal healthy weight? I'm like, that's not necessarily true. Oh yeah. That's, I didn't see that one. I only have this one where it's like on restrictive diets. You get like, you get your yo-yoing through the, like have a steep weight loss. They're showing you that on this one, you kind of gradually go down versus if you do restrictive diets, you lose a lot of weight, gain a little bit back, lose a lot of weight, gain more back and then so on and so forth. You know, that's true. But anyway, it's just, it's interesting. Cause I felt like they're coming at you with like some really, you know, confident statements. You're going in the dumps, yeah. but with us, we're here to help. Yeah. So there, no matter where you're at right now, you're going down with this natural trajectory. Oh my goodness. And then I didn't send you the photo and it was like your current metabolic age is, and then it was like five years older than my actual age, which I was like, I'm pretty sure they're just saying that. Cause I know for a fact that my metabolic age is probably not that. So, and also how do they know just based off my BMI, right? Right. Exactly. I have a scale that does that. It tells me what my metabolic age is based off of my weight and height, body fat percentage. Uh, Well, at least it's taking into some, some body comp. Yeah, but it doesn't know what I eat. (laughs) Did it do blood work? Did it test my telomeres? No, no, no. 
I mean, we never, none of us really truly know what our metabolic age is unless we do the telomere test, which I haven't even done. So, uh, which I've done all the tests to see what they're like. And I haven't even done that. Yeah. One. Not, it's just, I'm like, oh, why would I waste my money on that? So I clicked on this one. I filled out the score. I got the email. What was interesting to me is they don't tell you anything about like their philosophy or the way they do it until uh, I got into the email. And then I realized it is selling me a lot of supplements. It is. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you're going to need this collagen and this protein powder and you're going to need this and that. And so it was, it was interesting because they're pretty like vague about what it is. But then I suddenly got, um, a slight glimpse, which meant I needed to buy some more things. And then of course their pricing, you know, I hate when people are like, it's just $2 and 14 cents a week or something, but like, they don't give you the actual price of what they're going to charge right. you. So it just seems like soft and kind of benign and helpful, but at the root of it, it's just literally all lies. <laughs> it's same diet culture for women that have been doing it for a long time or for those that have maintained a body weight that they, you know, didn't think twice about. And then when they hit menopause, they were like, they're when their body naturally changes because no one tells them that your body changes when you go through menopause. They just, because we're supposed to believe that we stay 35 looking forever that, you know, when we gain weight and so then they prey on, you know, that, that slight change that we go through. Oh. Yeah. I did ask, are you in menopause? That was one of the first questions. So I think you're yeah. correct. But the way that the picture is on these women are clearly, of that age well and what's hilarious is now since i clicked since i clicked on that my algorithm has drastically shifted <laughs> oh does it think you're really you're much older now <laughs> it's very confused why you're looking at baby things and you're <laughs> yeah i mean i'll admit my demographic is probably rare right but it's um there's not a lot of 40 year olds now there are, but it's still an outlying demographic generally yeah. as far as marketing goes. Um, but yeah, I've been getting, uh, I don't know. I've been getting some interesting ads for different kinds of fitness programs and yeah, they're all, yeah. I just, this makes me so irritated just because it's just nonstop. Like we have to keep thinking about losing weight and being targeted for ads all the way until the day we die how it feels like you will never stop just keep going you can keep doing it i'm not doing it well i sure hope that we gave you something new to think about today and help you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on instagram at path underscore nutrition and we'll see you next week bye everyone Oh,